This is K-Wings Corner. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim McKinney. Well, not exactly the way we were hoping to end the season, but uh, final K-Wings Corner podcast of the 21-22 season. And of course, I save the uh, best for last uh, special guest in the studio with me today. And that would be uh, public relations director and uh, play-by-play announcer Chris Cadeau of the K-Wings. Finally allowed to come on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, for those that don't know, before we get into K-Wings talk and all that stuff, um, you came in, what month was it again? So December. December yeah. 27th was my first day with the team, first broadcast on the 31st. So it's been, as you affectionately referred to it as, drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Um. So, Chris, you know, we wanted to get him in with the pod, but we kind of let him do his thing, get comfortable and uh, doing all that stuff. And now that the season is over, I'm like, you know, let's bring in Chris, set up like next season and kind of give everybody a feel for what we're going to try to do every single week. And that is bring you some uh, K-Wings talk. Um, How was your first season, man? Like, just kind of tell us about it. Give us like an insight. I mean, I I have chills just like when you asked me the question and it it does not get old to, to let people know that like, this is my dream. Like, this is what, when I set the goal, you know, back in 2014, like I'm going to go back to school and this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, to have it actually, you know, come true with an offer from the K wings in early December. Like that was the moment of like, okay, it was all worth it. It's lining up in a direction that, that I can actually do it because with a family and being, you know, an untraditional student you go back to school at 27 after the you know a couple years in the real world coming out of the military mm-hmm. like it just things don't line up in the perfect world as it would for somebody who's just graduating college right you can move anywhere you can do anything as far as what you want to do for your dreams and things like that for me it was like I have a wife I have a family um, and unfortunately going to not that Casper Wyoming isn't great right or like any of these middle America places where you start in the minor leagues like I, I just could not like you get towards, you know, you have the initial conversations that were like, we love you. And then you have the conversation with your wife and you have to listen to that, like not feeling it completely. Uh, what are we going to do? So she gave me a Sandlot, you know, ultimatum back in May of last year in 2021. Uh, and it was like, she's like, I know you're not happy. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, it's because I'm not doing what I went to school for. And now play-by-play is like becoming a professional athlete. Like, we can be honest. Like, it is a lot of things have to happen for you to get there. It's like radio, too. I mean, yeah. being in the kind of position that I'm in. But. No, yeah. And so I, I, I'm a broadcast journalist. I'm a, I, I write, too. You know, you have all the things from the, you know, the double-headed monster ego side of going to – Arizona State and Northwestern as your schools. So I have the tools if that makes sense. And it was just like, can't go be a beat writer because she'll divorce me um, because of the amount of time that that's it. And then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And she's like, well, I'd rather you be a husband than I never was. And I'm like, did you just quit the Sandlot? <laughs> um, she didn't even know it. Um, she was like, if you get us near family, then then we can do this. Um, so we waited some time, obviously God's time, not your own. And then the offer came. So chills like absolute chills when you ask me that question because that moment when you you actually you queue it up you got the log in front of you and and you're ready to roll as far as you know your job you know this is your career it it happened so that just on cloud nine still um how have you liked Kalamazoo like how how have you 
um, kind of like entrench yourself? Because you're from the east side of the state, correct? Yep. So I grew um, up in Plymouth, Canton. Um, so easy transition. I mean, obviously, right now it's get the feel for what it is to be back home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you show up in December and you jump right into the sling, like I haven't had a lot of time to explore. Uh, it's to the rink and back, maybe. You know, I was lucky enough. I had family that was in the area that I stayed with until our house closed uh, to where I was able to explore downtown and, and, you know, check out some of the restaurants and, you know, go alone because the family hadn't moved yet and just kind of really take it in. Uh, But now it's getting back to one of the things that was missing from my life, and that's the recreation part. When you grow up in this state and you're on a lake, you know, every weekend, you're fishing, you know, if your family deer hunts, you're deer hunting, you're, you're doing these things. I haven't experienced that since 2006 when I left for the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And every year, like when the summer hits and your family's camping and you're taking the phone calls or your dad, like my dad is, he thinks he's funny. Like he'll call (laughs) me from the deer blind every year and be like, hey, buddy, how's it going? (laughs) Whatever, dad. (laughs) You know, like to to kind of uh, to let you know. So that was the one thing that it was really weighing on my heart living in Arizona and being gone for 15 years was that. You have kids uh, now, and these experiences that you're used to that are Michigan-specific, right? Am I depriving my family of those experiences? So my just being back is back to that pink cloud as well, is that, like, we can hop on 94, and it's an hour-and-a-half trip to grandma and grandpa's on both sides. Um, and then this summer, like, being a part of the conversations to go up to the UP and go camping, right? Like, those – that's the biggest part about, you know, being here in Kalamazoo as far as when it comes to the community, that's my bread and butter as far as like, and I, I hope you've been able to notice it in the broadcast, bringing other people into the booth, uh, looking for different ways to cite things, whether it's demographically or when it comes to, you know, anything, creed, religion, you know, anything that sets us different for what we are, like finding a way, level of acceptance and coming together with hockey. Um, and that's what I'm excited to be in Kalamazoo for is because there is just so many opportunities for diversity and inclusion and, and these things that makes Kalamazoo special. It, I like that you talked about that because like Kalamazoo is such a special place. And then on top of that, like it's just such a hockey town. It's incredible. And just Southwest Michigan in general. I mean, you add in Vicksburg, Schoolcraft, all the small communities around us, they all come in for the K-Wings. And it's like nights you guys can be sold out at Wings Event Center, and then five minutes down the road, you know, Lawson Ice Arena is sold out at the same time. Right. It's incredible. Well, I mean, in those things, like, you, you bring it right into that. Like, to be able to hop into this machine that is the K-Wings, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. and all led by Tony Will and – then you have Nick Bootlin on, on the hockey op side and those two pillars in the organization. And that was the biggest selling point in the recruiting process is you have jobs in places like when you're coming up where there's not great humans. Right? No, and not a lot of great support. Right. No support and not great humans. But then you're thrusted into this this operation that the pillars of the organization are not only great humans – but they care about, you know, everything from the spectrum that is Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's, that's the thing with Nick that we'll touch on in, in a little bit is that, like, I don't think anybody else gets it more about how important, you know, the hockey club itself is to the city. And then you throw the numbers out there. Like, Kalamazoo was in the ECHL, 
the number one team in overall growth going back to pre-COVID year of 1819. 26% increase as far as fans coming out. Five sellouts, over 135,000 fans. An average of like, and this is, so I don't know any different, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm walking into this standard that's like, oh, this is great. It's a Wednesday and there's 2,500 people to, to 3,000 not understanding what the dead days were mm-hmm. when you could barely get 700 to 800 in on a weekday. Um, so that that in itself has really set the tone of like what the expectations are going into next season, not only from a sales standpoint, but from a, a hockey, you know, operation standpoint. And that's just that's exciting. So being back in Michigan and, you know, getting a chance to really focus in on my because it, it all comes down to mental health. Right. Like as far as like and in a grand scheme of thing of like, are you truly happy? Mm-hmm. Like when the wife asks you that question, I get an opportunity to do things now like this summer and reintegrating with my family where I felt like that was a piece missing. Yeah. Well, and it, you touched on the outdoors and stuff. And, you know, I lived on the east side. I lived in Sterling Heights, Rochester, Rochester Hills, Auburn Hills. You know, I went to college over there at Oakland. So I was I grew up in Grand Rapids. I was away for seven, eight, nine years before I came back. And the one thing that you do get on this west side that you don't have over there is uh, Lake Michigan. Right. So, I mean, the, I mean, South Haven, all that stuff. The best. I mean, I hope you take I, it. I, in I grew up, I grew up on Lake Huron. My, my grandparents had a house uh, in Harrisville. Uh, you know, grandfather with a 27 foot bass boat or not bass, sorry, salmon fishing boat, downriggers and all. Yeah. Um, and that's what we grew up in, but we camped at Estego Lake or Estego mm-hmm. Lake, excuse me. And then, you know, Muskegon, you mm-hmm. know, all those I mean, we're all over the state. PJ Hoffmaster. Nothing like a sunset in the middle of the summer on the beach in Lake Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just one of the great things about, uh, you know, the area. Where did you end up uh, settling down? Because I know you guys were on the search for a house. It was tough. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, believe me, I bought a house in September. I know where you're going. But I'll say super privileged. So, well, that's the one thing about, like, when, when you come from, you know, all right, sport, it's on you. And, you know, when you graduate in 2004, not a 1.9 student, like going to waste somebody's money in college, right? When you come from your parents' very blue-collar mentality, like, it's on you, kid. Yeah. You're going to figure it out. And then you're able to, you know, our situation in Arizona left us with, because Arizona's marketing or housing boom, um, we it left us with a good chunk of change from our purchase to be able to to get somewhere settled. So we settled in Portage. Nice ha- housing market was tough uh, as far as you know. You go and you're like, well, if I have X amount of dollars, I'd like to put that down and make my mortgage this. But then you get into that price range and you're like, oh my gosh, it needs like a hundred thousand dollars worth of work. And then in the middle of the winter, the inventory here is not very no. high. But we got lucky. We got more house than we could ever know what to do with, um, you know, and in in a price range that matched our mortgage in Arizona nice. with the money down. So stable. Uh, we're over in Homestead, okay. off of Millam and One Thirty One, and you know it's weird to meet your neighbors and they're all doctors and you know stuff like that and you're like oh <laughs> you're boy by play guy yeah and your daughter is you know coming home with a, a little bit of privilege in, in her voice <laughs> and it's like all right we're gonna we're gonna realign this real quick because you will not take this <laughs> attitude into later life she's five she's got a lot of a lot of time to grow so. oh yeah oh yeah um yeah because i ended up buying in uh westwood just like a mile and a half from the radio station so um that was 
that was a complete process. So I, I feel you on that end. Our VA appraiser didn't show up. So we had to close like two weeks later. And then you find out through stories that like, he's just that guy that it, like one of three, that's really bad. So it was stressful, right? Like you're trying to, you're in the middle of the season, yeah. your family's moving cross country. And now your daughter, it goes from being out of school from th for three weeks to a month and a half. Wife has to live with her parents like during that period of time on the other side of the state. So it's like you have to have mental health calls with her <laughs> to like settle her down. Well, and, he, and you're probably the one going to look at the houses a lot. And because well, I was, COVID, in, the, I was I, in that same boat. I, I mean, I, I ended up, you know, getting sick right after I got here. Yeah. Like, pandemically. So to be able to I do my first three first two calls. And that Sunday, my throat's scratchy, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's vocal strain, right? That's a real thing in, in our business. And then the next day, it's like, uh, uh. I'm like, uh-oh. And you go and get tested, and you're put down in it, like literally working rainbow ice from my basement. Like 18-hour days, social, the whole nine yards, which was amazing, right? Yeah. Then we end up on ESPN. We, yeah. You know, all these things happen with it, but not being able to be there to call the game. And to their credit, they just kept rolling with it. Like Tony's like, no big deal. She's like, we're fine. We'll use the away broadcast. Uh, you know, it's a big bummer for our season ticket holders. You've just been waiting for you, but your health is number one. So have a seat and you're fine. Don't worry about it. And I was like, I'm worrying, but thank you. <laughs> you brought up rainbow ice. What was your highlight of the season? Like, was there one particular game, a certain call? I don't know. Like, I was so high on everything. And, and I, know I, it's, I know it's a cliche. Like, every part. Like, I have this... So I'm really close with Todd Walsh over with the Arizona Coyotes in Valley Sports, Arizona. Uh, he's kind of a mentor. I mean, if not a friend, we work together at Valley. And that first game, honestly, like for me, like I'm, you know, deep in prep. It's 1130 at yeah. night. I'm in the office still like my boards aren't like the greatest. And he sends me a picture of him with the 1980 USA team. And he's one of the biggest proponents of anything that has to do with that team and getting them around the country, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he sends me, he's like, me and the boys are just wishing you luck, right? And I hadn't heard from Todd all day, and I've heard from a bunch of mentors that had reached out to wish me good luck. So I was kind of wondering if, if Todd was going to check in. Um, and I said, and I just responded, I was like, thank you. I was like, I'm in the office still jamming. He sends me this, you know, this paragraph about, you know, smile because people can hear a smile over the air you know look downhill not at your feet it's like skiing you know one of those really motivating and he's like and at the end of the anthem if you don't have chills he's like it's time for you to get out of this business he's like you know like that type of like motivate and I just closed my laptop and I'm like I'm going home I'm good uh, and it was difficult but as far as one moment I think there was such ebb and flows to even just jumping in when I did the overall resolve of this hockey team, like it's hard if you're just looking at the box, you know, you're looking at the box scores and you're looking what happened at what the final outcome is. But to watch these men really, I'm a big proponent of overcoming adversity. Mm -hmm. Like to me in my life that that right there speaks volumes of what this team was. And when the eight game slide happened and when it happened, you know, I was able to focus in on some of the things that you're seeing trending throughout the league as far as other teams that were going up and down. And exactly how I called it, Wheeling came back down to earth and Iowa fell back off the map, right? So it still left them there so that that hope was there. But you think 
you know, just coming in, you're like, I got to be careful going into the locker room. I got to yeah. do, you know, like make sure I'm not, you know, doing this and it make him upset. But these guys, like they were such a team with each other that the bickering wasn't there. There was pressure in the coach's office, but they just work harder. Like mm-hmm. it, just watching them, like constantly focusing on taking it one game at a time and really trying to figure out how to make the roster better despite everything that was happening with the higher levels. You know, I'm sure you've talked about that before, like with, you know, the AHL and the taxi squad and what that looked like in this pandemic season was unlike anything. Instead of just going to your affiliate players, which they they do go a little bit, but more than ever this year, you had four or five stars going to other, you know, AHL teams just to fill a spot. And one never came back, right? A huge piece and, you know, Miller never came back. So to watch them just buckle down, and figure out in the grand scope of what you have going on in the central with, you know, Toledo and Fort Wayne, who literally have first dibs on mm-hmm. almost anybody that's coming through, and then focus on flipping it around. And then you get done with the end of the season, you look at the penalty kill, which was, you know, that's Joel Martin's baby. And he had enough wherewithal to scrap what he was doing and to go back to basics and finding something that would really work for this team. And they finished the best PK in the league in April. Um, so, yeah, they, Overall, just a ride, right? And the biggest thing that stuck out to me was this team's resolve. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Just like you said, just the ups and downs and being able to to navigate through things. And, um, you know, it, it it's kind of weird because, like, Western, their hockey team kind of went through some similar things. You know, they had their captain kicked off the team. He got in legal trouble. Yikes. Um, You know, the – the winter classic thing they do with Michigan and Michigan state, you know, Michigan backed out. Uh, they didn't play for almost a month, you know, and through all of that, you know, they just continued to navigate. And, and I, you know what I think it speaks to, it's the leadership of both teams, both organizations, how strong it is and keeping those guys focused, you know, and college hockey. So start and stop, right? Yeah. Like, you're looking at, you know, a lot of times it's scheduling the schedule instead of, you know, really navigating it and coming from Arizona State, right? Like mm-hmm. just establishing themselves as the D1 program. I mean, I think last season they they headed out on like a, I think it was like a, and don't quote me, but it was close to like a 14-game road trip, right? They have to. Where because, like they're out traveling yeah. the whole time. And then the ebbs and flows that go into that, mm-hmm. the start and the stop. So when you see college hockey players transition into the pro realm, you like, Everybody's wondering, you know, like why such and such rookie has, you know, started hot and fallen off. Well, it's legitly the fact that they've never played this many games in a row where they're just continually going, going, and going. Because typically it's just Friday, Saturday. Yep. You know, they don't have weekday games. Maybe a Sunday game if they're May- lucky. Yeah, if they's lucky. Um, so, yeah, it's it just kind of eerily similar of how the seasons went, but – um, like you said, strong finish for the K wings fall just a little bit short. Um, but I think a lot of things to look forward to in the 22, 23 season. No, I mean, absolutely. Like the, let's, let's put a bow on, on the season that was, and I'll just, I'll use, you know, the words of Nick Bootland, like it, it is a failure. Like this, the goal of this hockey team is not to just make the playoffs. The goal is to win the Kelly cup every single season that they go into it. And I think Nick for, you know, for what it's worth when you sit down and this isn't just PR polish, like Nick's only missed the playoffs. Now this is his third time in 13 seasons. Right. And then if you include the season after he took over, 
the teams after not making the playoffs, two of those seasons, they've come back to win 40 plus games, right? Uh, so taking it personally mm-hmm. and really hopping in, I mean, those men, you know, it isn't forget about the pain of what this is right now and move on. It's really own it, really dig into it and to get better. And they've already started, you know, in, in that process. Um, so excited to see, you know, what he brings to the table. Um, you know, and we talked about it a few minutes ago, like I said, I would touch back on it. Like nobody understands what Kalamazoo wants more than Nick Bootland. Like this is a man that eats, sleeps and breathes K wings hockey. And it, there's a reason why he has been so successful. And that's his ability to make adjustments throughout to not just you know hockey specific but his coaching style and how you know he leans on his coaching staff and you know he's very communicative with the people in his inner circle to be able to to figure out exactly what needs to happen next um, so really excited to kind of witness this in my first offseason to see what he does in the core the core going forward as far as players that you can expect to see coming out in the red white and blue next season it's it that's going to be exciting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, what's her name? Tony was mentioning that. Um, does the schedule get released in May, or did it already get released? Yeah, so I believe tentatively we will be releasing the schedule on May seventh. Okay, I think that's the target. Um, and since we all have computers, like it's really easy to pull it up and kind of look and i think she said that they won't release like the promotional schedule probably till so may 6th so may 6th will be the release of the 2022-23 schedule um and then you know we go to work immediately um starting here in a couple hours i'll be in a meeting um and we start mapping out what next year is going to look like from a promotional standpoint um, and I don't think, you know, we'll see also in the next month when the league awards come out as far as what Kalamazoo brought to the table this season. Um, it's going to be exciting because that's one thing. I mean, there is creating value, right? I mean, $9 to get into the game is very affordable, yeah. right? And it makes it easy to make a good weekend. But when you throw things like this past season, when you, you know, you get a $2 beer, right? Two six nine nine. Right. You know, when you have things like the Grateful Dead game and Pink Ice and, um, you know, all of that. Pink, rainbow, orange. Yeah. yeah. Green Ice. I mean, Green Ice was, I mean, I was, when you, I, I guess I'll go back, like favorite games to kind of be a part of, like the history that's behind that. When you really think about that, like Kalamazoo was the first ever to paint an ice surface and it was that game and you go back to 82, it's like, you're sitting there seeing people taking credit for their colored ice, and you're like, well, we started the first one in a long mm-hmm. list of followers. Well, and that's one of the incredible things about Tony and you know the time that I got to spend with, spend with her throughout the season is she's always trying to outdo herself. She's always trying to find that next great idea. Yeah, and that I've had, you know, I've been blessed like through this journalism, you know, path that I've had coming from Arizona State. And then going to Northwestern, right? Like there are some amazing women in this industry, right? And I talked about it, you know, with the season ticket holders is Paula Boyvins is one of my mentors. She's in the Arizona Sports Writer Hall of Fame. You know, the a woman that one of the first women in locker rooms in MLB, you know, taking a jock strap off her, you know, in 
Earl Hershiser pulling her aside and outside and was like, don't ever put your head down again. You are welcome here. Like these trendsetters in the business, you go to Missy Isaacson at Northwestern, you know, she covered the Bulls during their heyday. Um, all the way to, to Tony, like there, I, the one thing that I was, and this isn't just fluff, like that I was excited to be around is, you know, women in this industry that kill it, right. That, that absolutely go out every day, figuring out how they're going, like you said, outdo themselves because I have a five-year-old daughter and I look back at how I was raised through the, you know, the nineties and early two thousands. And you know how that conversation was just starting to change. Mm -hmm. And then you still have a little bit of squeaks in the background of, you know, wanting to keep it the way it was. And the truth is, is that it's 2022, baby. Like it is right now. It is, it is the time to go out and no matter if you're a man or a woman improve what you bring to the table. And for Tony Will to to be my, you know, my direct oversight as far as my boss, like I'm just excited to be able to to learn different types of mentalities to of leadership, right? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that I've really grasped on that she's really, you know, in it she hasn't had to preach to me about this luckily, uh, but you know, I've heard her in passing talking about, you know, responding over reacting, right? And that goes back to core leadership. So now you look at you look at going to promotional schedules and, and everything that comes into what makes K-Wing so great is that that is just a response to what she and the rest of the organization is hearing that Kalamazoo wants, right? Mm-hmm. Or that Kalamazoo will be able to flourish in. Um, and instead of reacting to this was awful or this was bad, like we're proactively banging heads in meetings all the time weekly to figure out what we can do to ensure that we're honoring Kalamazoo for allowing us to be here for so long. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things that her and I talked about a lot is, you know, we're very blessed to have the K wings in a city like Kalamazoo. Um, and you know, you look at some of these other markets, Indi- Indianapolis, Cincinnati, like they're big markets, you know? So it's, yeah, we are just incredibly blessed here in Kalamazoo. That could house professional teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Honestly, if we really look at it, is Kalamazoo you're going to bring a professional team over? Probably An NHL not. team? No. Probably not in the next 40, 50 years unless something amazing happens, right? Like, it's probably never going to work out with that. But you have 47 going on 48, se- 48 seasons of this. And I talked about it in Tyler Willis's retirement, right? Like, it's about building an unshakable foundation in everything we do. Like, personally, that's what I grasp to, right, is, you know, coming, being in recovery for so long and, you know, really grasping on, okay, what's going to make me the most solid individual possible. And it comes down to me is building this unshakable foundation. Mm -hmm. If you look at what the K wings have done is that it is a foundation that is just so strong to be able to continue through, you know, you have recently had pandemics, you have downturns of, of the economy in the 2000s. You have the flips and all the different leagues going before that. I mean, it's it's incredible, honestly, that you know there are so many people that just still want to drink up this organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, we'll get the schedule, like you said, May sixth. Um, I think that might be a good time for you and I to talk again, uh, kind of get in season mode a little bit, maybe like a little refresher. Yeah, I mean, um, we can jump in month by month and kind of look at what that's going to look like. Yeah. 
because we had, we've been talking back and forth. Obviously, you can't read our minds, but we've kind of been going back and forth on like a plan for what we want to do next year because we had big plans for this year and everything. But like I said, you know, Chris came in drinking out of a fire hose. who were like, just get comfortable and then we'll build this again. We'll build a foundation and then build upon it. So. But there's just so like, and that's the thing that like I I knew coming into this role that like a lot of people it's very hard for you know people who are just aspiring to be a broadcaster to understand is that when, when you're on the public relations side as well, right, everything that's disseminated that comes out is like coming across to you, right? Like in checking boxes and getting in. So like the first three weeks of the season, like there are mistakes out there journalistically that I, obviously with the internet you're able to correct, but like you go through like they're just backbreaking like this can never happen again right and i take that mentality to like everything we do me and my thank god for my intern calvin chesler right like this is a kid who came in and had to hold the helm for a month and a half two months until i get here and then train me as far as like the ins and outs of like how to do the processes um but i we had this saying and then Calvin, you know, he he's like, so what are your expectations? I was like, it's very simple. He's like, if you, I said, if if you've ever seen Remember the Titans, I was like, we will be perfect in every aspect of the game, <laughs> right? Because the truth is, is that everybody can read, right, for the most part, but not everybody can write. So figuring out a way to get into those systems and processes to to be able to deliver content to everyone in a way that is flawless i mean that's the overall goal and if we would have spun up and started chopping it up on top of everything like trust yeah. me like i was it barely apart yeah yeah so i mean we're planning on doing it if we can weekly throughout the season um i might make some trips out to the wings event center cool. maybe hopefully talk to some coaches players yeah. but just you know bring in more k-wings hockey like we you know we put them on the air and stuff and i i told tony this towards the end of the season like you've been killing it on the social media for the k-wings and stuff so there's plenty of content there but we're just you know we just want you to have as in-depth of a look into what goes on you know at a broadcasting point at a hockey operations point at a promotion we just want you to know how this thing works you know yeah no and i, I think that's important i think one of the things that tony and i have talked about it a lot what i bring to the table is i come from professional environments right i come from you know valley sports arizona where it's you know the coyotes and the diamondbacks and the suns is a partner as well we're not as much hand hands on with the suns because of how they handle their business but then you you forward that over to to what i did with you know mlb fall league and, and all these things to where you know my i'm entrenched in trying to streamline what works for Kalamazoo the best in a professional way. Mm -hmm. uh, so things that we've brought up is, you know, post-game Zoom interviews, um, things that create, you know, media days, you know, things that bring in, you know, the outside sources so that way there's more of this connection. Because if we just focus on, you know, the press releases and, and getting people out for, for big games, how are we really honoring, you know, the everyday fan uh, that is only going to be able to digest what's coming out on social from the team and, and those things. And that's that's another, you know, avenue of, like, Pam Shebas, right? She mm -hmm. is, I mean, she's a Hall of Famer when it comes to what she's done and how long she's covered the K-Wings and, and those things. And that was, you know, a big thing. Like, where we talked, and she's like, we'll let you get settled in. But then, you know, what do you think about this? I'm like, absolutely. And that's when you started to see towards the end of the season – 
we got the profiles coming out to where we're getting in depth and I'm a storyteller at heart. So finding a way to, to get into the niche of everything, to be able to get that flow where the intangibles aren't falling off the table, but we're creatively coming at the everyday fans. So that way they feel like they're a part of the team because COVID really did put a hamper on that. Uh, you know, you can't season ticket holders, you know, they're signing autographs two tables away. Right. And everybody being really patient with what's happening, obviously not going to rush it uh, as far as whatever the health and safety protocols are. But my mind frame is very much geared in a way of how we can really take the next step to be able to promote and not just promote, but connect fans with the team like any other professional team. Yeah. You know, and just be, I guess, different. I mean. And How do we be remarkable? That's the one thing I talk about a lot. You know, you go back to Simon Sinek and Seth Godin and yeah. some of these amazing marketers. If you haven't checked it out, leading with your why, you know, with Simon Sinek and, you know, starting, you know, Purple Cow with Seth Godin. And we talk about coming from Arizona State with the innovation, like it's a number one for innovation. Like it, yeah. it's kind of a, a sales pitch now, but it, it's a real thing. How do you become remarkable? What do you do that sets you apart? And the truth is that remarkability comes from, paying attention to your peers and, and watching what they're doing and then innovating off their ideas. A lot of times it turns out to be a carbon copy, but it works, right? But every now and then you find that that purple cow and that, that remarkability that sets you apart. And, and that's kind of the approach I take with my radio station, Hits 96.5, you know. I'm not the typical top 40 hit station. You know, I, I play stuff that other places don't. I play a lot of alternative, a lot of AAA, but again, it goes to what you've been saying, connecting back to Kalamazoo. You know, 96.5 used to be um, Z96.5, an alternative station, so I'm trying to bridge a gap and give Kalamazoo something that they're missing, but also still trying to stay in the guise of being a hit radio station. I mean, if you play bangers, people are going to listen. So. That's what I try to do, man. Especially the songs that you forget about. There you go. That yeah. one, it's like, oh my gosh, when was the last How time did I, I forget that? about that? <laughs> or like when you go, like now you know you're getting old, right? Like when, I, I think I, like my sister, she's 24. She just graduated from a nursing school. So holler to her to be able to get that job and yeah. get out of Eastern and do all that stuff. But you're like talking about like, she knows Ludacris from like the Fast and the Furious. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Like, you don't know, like, you don't know these songs, Roll right? Out. Song, yeah, songs that, I mean, I thought of titles I can't talk about right now. But, I mean, for, for her to be like, oh, yeah, the Fast and the Furious guy. And then you're like, oh, my no, gosh, no. no. I, I saw a video, it was like a bunch of songs that turned 20 this year, and it's like, no, I don't want this. Or songs that feel like they came out like five years ago, it's been 20 years, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> As long as it's not, you know, karaoke, I want it that way or something like that. <laughs> I know. I stay away from the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. If you head over to the Continental every now and then, right across from Wings Event Center, you can catch some wild karaoke sessions. <laughs> Might have to check it out sometime. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have much else for you, man. I really do appreciate you coming in. Um, and really looking forward to next season. I mean, you're, you are going to be, you know, kind of, I feel like feet planted and ready to do some very innovative things. So I'm really excited to see what you guys have in store. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it comes back to like not flying. I'm very, I mean, not everybody, but when it comes to this, like the, a sports production is very organized. It is like you have your rundown, you have all these things. And I think for me to be able to get to a point to know, like, 
what can be, you know, prepared for and what isn't prepared for. I think that's what this season set the stage for is that, you know, if I'm spending X amount of time in something, right, and I can really just, you know, free flow it, right, compared to this, then, you know, it's the whole realm. I'm going to work on the booth this year. I'm excited to pull down all that cork board and get some new drywall and paint up and clean it up. I mean, these are little things that are going to help me settle in. But overall, I mean, it goes back to the coaching staff, Tony, and and the players in general. Like, they, they make it really easy with, you know, continuing to want to win um you have player i mean it's logan lambden for for a rookie out of michigan state to come out and to throw you know 50 points up and essentially mostly all of them after you know two weeks before i showed up right so getting to see him ascend and know his story lost his dad to covid a year ago you know, to to really dig in, and that's where it all comes to the fold. You know, you have Eric Bradford towards the end of the season, if you're paying attention to, you know, he started to develop anxiety with coming back from the A and, you know, getting going, and then his dog Cash comes down, right? And all of a sudden that turns around, and they go on their run in March. And coming through, you know, Justin Taylor, what he's been able to do consistently, you know, over the years, just his assault on the record book, it's just been a lot of fun, like just a, a lot of fun to, to jump into that. But to have an organization that is organized with all that, those types of things to make my life easier. I, I mean, that's that's the biggest testament. There's people inside the organization that, you know, you would never think would make the impact just based on their title, but they're just going above and beyond with it being minor league sports and wearing so many hats. Like, I mean, there's Kelly Ikola who doesn't get a lot of, of credit, but she's the one who ensures the team like gets to where they go. Right. And in some organizations, that's my job. So if you would throw a travel on top of my job and all this stuff, and then being able to be hold, held accountable for that. And you have somebody who's methodical about it. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just excited overall for next season and to be able to jump in from the start to have these storylines and to know these players, what they're going from the ins and outs. That's what's going to take this broadcast to the next level. I agree. So, um, yeah, KZO, the flagship for uh, for the K-Wings. Uh, you can also get them on Flow Sports if you want to like get ahead on next season. Yeah. Um, also the app. Like I think yeah. that that's the one thing that I really want to get better at being from most of my friends and family, you know, like military, everybody out of state, yep. the WKZO app, you can listen to the K wings, no matter where you are, internet through the internet radio, which is great. Well, and the, and the greatest thing about that is like a lot of these pro teams and stuff, they don't allow you to do that. The tigers don't let you do it. Um, I mean, even you take Western Michigan for an example. You can get them on the Jack app. Most colleges, you can't do that. No, I mean Learfield's like no. Lear, no, Learfield shuts down everything. So you know, I'm just I'm letting you guys know how fortunate you are that you know you can get K Wings all the time. You can get Western all the time. Um, just kind of going back to you know how awesome we are in Kalamazoo. So um, yeah, we'll have uh, Chris back in May to talk schedule. Uh, kind of look at the season, and I think, like you said, just kind of bringing them in once a month until we get closer to to season time, and you know, kind of get a heartbeat on the team and a pulse and see what's going on. I mean, the heartbeat I think is they, this isn't just fluffing it like it, it, it's going to be strong. There's zero, you know, zero thought process goes into you know 
when you come into a season as far as I guess what I'm trying to say is this team is going to come back very strong next season and you feel it just by looking at you know the if you want hard evidence you look at the numbers but if you look at who the leadership is when it comes to Nick Boulin, Joel Martin, you know, Nello Ferrar, you go down the list to the people, you know, Mitch McLeod, you know, as the equipment manager. And then, you know, you have Rooster, Scott Allison in the medical room. When, when, when you get a chance to, you know, see what happened this season and really feel the, the intensity that's going towards this next season, I think that it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think I do think they're all going to have a big chip on their shoulder. And like you said, every time they didn't make the playoffs previous, they came back in a big way the next year. I mean, so. the goal, and that's a you go back and like this. This is about winning championships. Yeah. Like if you're not in it to win a championship, you're in the wrong business. So when you see the chatter is like, oh, we didn't make the playoffs or around the playoffs, it's like that's not even what we're focused yeah. on. No, I'm 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 a winner. I. I don't play humblest to person win any you know, right? win anything humblest other person than you know. <laughs> other than championships. Like, <laughs> you know, I get in arguments with fans all the time. Like at my school and stuff, my alma mater and the basketball program continuing to fail, and people are like, "Well, I just like watching and all this stuff." And it's like, "Well, I don't. I like watching winning." So, right. Well, I mean, because the story is like winning is it's the hardest. I mean, honestly, when it comes to – if you look at wins and losses, right, the only opposite to winning is losing, yeah. right? That's that's the ultimate black and white. You either won or you lost. But winning doesn't care how hard you worked. It doesn't care all these things. Sometimes the better team loses, right? But the one thing that is consistent if you don't win is you are losing. So to be able to have that mentality and to look at, you know, Kalamazoo Wings hockey as a whole – as far as this season, if you look at the development across the board in the rookies and what they went through with the, you know, we talked about it earlier, COVID, the taxi squads, all these things, and to still ascend themselves in a position with a team like Toledo in, in your division, and then you have Fort Wayne that clicked on all cylinders, to be able to be there on the cusp despite all the adversity, if you really boil it down to the core of what this team is moving into next season, it is going to be exciting. Yeah. I no arguments here. So, um, yeah, we've got a lot to look forward to, uh, kind of get a nice little break here and kind of relax and get summer in and all that stuff. But, uh, really camping. looking forward. Yeah. I'm going to go camping. fishing. A lot of things. Yes. So, um, yeah, until May guys, we will, uh, talk to you later. This has been another episode of the K wings corner, a Midwest communications podcast. 